0: thing. Welcome back to Sequelizing, a movie rewatch podcast where we chronicle the triumphs and dissect the disasters of modern Hollywood, one franchise at a time. And this movie broke us so hard that it took us damn near a month to gain the strength to talk about Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin, a movie that, in my opinion, is an unmitigated failure. I'm Casey, and joining me tonight is...
1: I am your foxy friend, Backlash.
2: So, you're, so not you're not Batman. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to dignify it with that. God, no! Um, yeah, I'm no Chris Alive I'm sequelized its... <sighs> fuck! Um, I'm no Chris Alive sequelized its Mastodon of the Monotone.
0: And, yeah, you can already tell what this movie has done to us. We round out our look at Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher's turn with the Batman franchise with Whatever the fuck this movie is. But first... Yeah. The shameless plugs. Do us an old favor by following us on Twitter at Sequelize it. Drop us an email at it at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing, please tell a friend and keep on circulating the podcast. Boys... This movie... Um... How... How do we feel about this movie...
2: I mean, it's a shitty movie. I di- I wasn't like I don't I didn't find it as psychically damaging. I guess because I was just so prepped by like everything said about it. I mean, I I did see it as a kid in theaters and forgot basically everything about it. But yeah, this is a massive step down, and one can certainly understand George Clooney fearing that he had destroyed the franchise.
1: I feel like I owe somewhat of an apology from the last episode where I said I wanted to go in and try to play devil's advocate. You know, because, again, I'd seen this as a kid and I wanted to think like, oh, people say, like, oh, it's so bad. And, uh, oh, there's so many puns and, uh, and, it's, and it's just weird and goofy. But there has to be something good about it. And no, no, it doesn't work on any level. It doesn't work as a continuation of the movies that came before. It doesn't work uh, standing on its own merit, and it doesn't work as a throwback to the '60s Batman.
2: No, um, the previous one did more, or at least like the the touches that the previous movie had of the the '60s series are not done as well in this case.
0: Yeah, this this was not what. Again, I'm like Backlash where I wanted to come in and be like you know what, this movie probably isn't as bad as I'm remembering and blah de blah de, blah and I'm sure it was a lot of fun when I was a kid and as I was watching it, I rem- flash back to being a kid and remembering just how bored and confused and kind of annoyed that I, that I was at the whole movie like it- the the colors and the, the-, the puns and- Like, most. I think if you're a kid, most of the puns are just going to fly over your head. Like, I didn't even realize how puntastic this movie was until years later. Like, I. I guess we'll get into it more, but I just don't. I don't understand who this movie was for. And it is. It is an abysmal failure, and I can't find. I I think. I think in all the franchises we've done so far, I've tried to find a silver lining in every single movie that we've done. Like, fuck's sake, I found something good in Rise of Skywalker. Like, I found, I found good aspects of Temple of Doom. I'm sure I had to say something nice about Solo at some point. Like, I'm going back and thinking about all the movies that I like... Or I didn't like and I found something and this movie just has this movie just has nothing for me to like hold on and grab and sink my teeth into in any fucking way. It's just it's it's a weird, bizarre trip of a movie that I don't understand
2: I'll say that there are things that, in isolation, I, I I like about it, but it's it has nothing to do with like the the general thrust of this movie, the the visuals of it, the the writing, the the plot. I mean, I I like Arnold and I like Uma, and you, that about covers it.
1: You know, I will say this: there was an attempt in trying to find some positive about this movie. I did recognize an attempt. Because I've said in the past three movies, there has been an ongoing arc for Bruce Wayne. And they tried to continue it in this movie. It really tried to culminate in this movie. But it really doesn't land. And most of it, I'm going to lay squarely at the feet of George Clooney, who just doesn't want to be here.
2: No, he's he's like... You may as well have cast Jerry Seinfeld in the in the role of Bruce Wayne slash Batman because he basically affects like a, a dumb little smile throughout the entire movie. Yeah, so like every every single shot of him, like I can barely like. There may have been like a couple of shots where he was displaying anything different than than just like a like a sort of chuckle headed look.
1: Yeah. And as. And as for our villains, uh, Uma Thurman, she doesn't really do the good kind of wacky villain thing. Good, I don't think she was particularly good in this movie. I like her as an actress, but th- this is not the kind of role she excels in. And
2: here, oh, here is here's my whole thing about her. I think she was doing something for herself. Yeah. Like what she was doing did not fit with the rest of the movie and occasionally she was doing like an even more of a pronounced May West impression than in other scenes. But but yeah, it's I I I, I appreciate her having fun.
1: And as though, for and as as for Arnold, oh, I I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, but this weird phase he went through in the late 90s where he started deciding to do kids' movies, this was not a good time for
2: him. Well, not just kids' movies. It's like he was doing high-concept shit.
0: Yeah, weird high-concept shit.
2: Yeah, you look at his roles in the, like, the most high-concept, like, thing that he did in his prime was maybe Total Recall. And, like, that benefited, like, Paul Verhoeven is, like, Exactly the type of director that you get when you want some something that's kind of goofy and kind of, like, heightened.
1: Yeah, but even Total Recall, that has, like, aspects that can play to his strengths. Yes. But, ugh.
0: Well, be- before we get even more down the rabbit hole of of whatever this thing is, it's time for trivia! Uh... After Batman Forever performed well at the box office, Warner Brothers was content and wanted to take time to develop the next sequel. Psych! Rather than taking the three years that it had taken to develop and release the other movies, Warner Brothers immediately commissioned a sequel with the release date targeting 1997, shaving a little more than a year off getting the movie up and running. This truncated pre-production Definitely did not have a negative effect on the movie, except for all the ways in which it did. <laughs> Probably the most fascinating behind the scenes look at Batman and Robin is a half hour long look at the creation of the movie that was found on the DVDs and that you can actually watch on YouTube, wherein basically everyone involved that was uh, had new interview footage taken apologizes for how shitty it turned out being it's 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 weird it's like a 30 minute apology letter for why the movie ended up being the way it 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 did it's the most bizarre dvd extra that i've ever seen most dvd extras try and make excuses for why a bad movie was actually good The this one does not do that
2: I always re- remember that Joel Schumacher kind of waffled, where like he would he went from apologizing to being just like, eh, "It's a fucking comic book movie."
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Val Kilmer was not back to portray the Dark Knight for a variety of reasons, ranging from Kilmer and Schumacher not getting along to Kilmer not taking the role because the movie was fast tracked to. Kilmer kind of quit, and we kind of fired him.
1: That's okay. He went on to ruin his career in the island of Dr. Moreau.
2: Yeah. Entire cursed production.
0: George Clooney, one of the hottest actors in television at the time, was handed the role, as Schumacher wanted a lighter take on the character than Keaton and Kilmer, and Clooney basically wanted a nice, fat-ass check while he was filming E.R., uh, he was literally working seven days... I can respect the hustle of Clooney to some degree, because he was working seven days a week. He was basically filming, I think, it was... uh, It was like four days a week on Batman and Robin and then three days a week on ER. It was a lot, and I can respect that, but yeah, it's, it's very clear that he took the role to get a paycheck. He had no deep affinity for Batman. He just it doesn't even really seem like he wanted to do the movie. It's it's like a it's like a reverse Timely Jones or something where he like or not even a reverse Timely Jones. Like it seems like he didn't want to do the movie and he just took the paycheck and that was it. It's just weird. Speaking of stupidly large payouts for a very little return, after reworking Mr. Freeze's origin to more closely mimic the brilliant version detailed in Batman the Animated Series, they considered Anthony Hopkins and Patrick Stewart for the role, before giving Arnold Schwarzenegger $25 million to play the role. Top billing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Reworking the script to accommodate this very, very stupid idea. Want to know what else is stupid? Freeze's costume in the movie took $1.5 million to create. Just, just, just... I'm at a loss. It, it add They spent $26 million just on this one character... And it's probably the worst one in the movie.
2: 26.5 million.
0: That .5 makes all the difference.
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell returned as Robin and was probably the actor who was the most honest about just how weird the movie was to work on. Uh, O'Donnell said that while the first movie felt more... ...focused and more like he was working on a movie, the second one felt more like he was working on a cartoon. Fun fact, Joel Schumacher, who I can best describe as checked all the fucking way out, would sit up on a crane and yell into a bullhorn, Remember everyone, this is a cartoon! Part of that probably had something to do with the toy company being heavily involved in the project not that any of the toys were good. Whatever.
2: This was merchandise the fuck out of. To the point where there was even a Six Flags ride that like is pretty infamous over the years. Uh I was never a roller coaster person and like this ride sounded like the most horrifying thing ever. Because apparently you would get up to like the, the peak and then they were like, okay, we'll drop you on three and then they would fucking just drop you on one. <laughs> fucking assholes.
1: I, I don't know. The only uh, ride I ever had based off comic book was Superman: The Ride of Steel.
0: Yeah, they have at uh, the Six Flags here, Six Flags America. They have Batwing, which um, when I was riding, I contemplated whether or not or not I was going to die. Um, I think there
1: was a I think there was a Batman ride at Six Flags Over New England. I, I think it had something to do with like the Penguin or something, but I never rode it.
0: Yeah, t- t- I mean that's we'll get to the merchandising for this movie. Um fuck it, let's just talk about roller coasters. It's more interesting than this movie. I want to go back to Disney World and ride Space Mountain. Not Space I Mountain in the way rid- you guys are thinking.
2: No, no. no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if Ric Flair has kind of ruined that uh, that analogy. Oops.
0: No, Ric Flair can never ruin Space Mountain. Space Mountain is forever. Ric Flair is not now, if he ever was. Uh, let's just talk about wrestling for the next hour or so.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at Brian Danielson ready to
0: Kill Alan Angels. I mean, hell-
2: yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh that seems like it'd be fun. I should have done that instead. Joining the cast were Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, who apparently didn't even know Batgirl was a character until she was offered the role. No one tell Alicia Silverstone that the Batgirl she plays isn't really Batgirl, anyways.
2: No, her name is Barbara, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's Barbara Wilson, but it's 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 not. It's not a Damn Batgirl. It. Damn it. <sighs> to his somewhat to his credit Joel Schumacher goes out of his way to make it clear that as the movie's director he okayed basically every decision made in the movie and he tried not to point as many f- fingers at the studio uh for wanting the movie to be more kid friendly and toyetic for what it's worth, when I was a kid, I had way less toys from this movie and thought the Batmobile looked really stupid. I was very annoyed that it was only a one-seater and that I had to buy a separate toy for Robin to drive. So, fuck you, Warner Brothers. Your plan obviously failed.
2: They could have... You know, they honestly didn't go far enough with it being Toyotic because the fact that the Batmobile is one-seater could have been a plot point considering there was a rift between Batman and Robin in this.
0: Yeah. But instead, it's just... A thing because we need to sell a toy that's slightly different than the other Batmobile toys, and it's not right. even.
1: Batman. Hey, kids, you want a full play set? Well, fuck you. Buy more shit.
0: And the Redbird isn't even. I mean, I think I had the Redbird motorcycle, which you know, I only bought that just to get the Robin action figure. And and Chris O'Donnell apparently hated that costume. It's it's like a it's a, clearly a take on the Nightwing outfit, but it's weird and bad and
2: The silver doesn't work with it, I think.
0: I don't even think the the blue and red version works that well either. It's just yeah. I don't know.
2: The costumes were, were ultimately like far more effective in the previous movie.
0: Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin opened on June 20th, 1997 in North America and had an opening week in box office of $42.8 million, making it the third highest opening of 1997. Unfortunately, the film would decline almost 60% in its second week. This movie has a somewhat interesting historical footnote, as it's one of the first comic book movies that opened in the age of the internet. Joel Schumacher would mention one name when it came to the critical reception of the movie. Ain't It Cool News, a fledgling fledgling nerd culture website run by one Harry Knowles. For the kids in the audience, Ain't It Cool News was at one point kind of a big deal, breaking news against studio wishes, and all around being, well, imagine what nerds on the internet in 1997 were like, and yeah, nerd culture was a lot more insulated and in a lot of ways a lot worse. While it would be unfair to blame the reaction to Batman and Robin completely on Ain't It Cool, you could probably point to it for the proliferation of the oh no, the bat suit has nipples bullshit that continues even to this day, which, as I pointed out before, was some borderline homophobic bullshit that had literally no impact on the story. Ugh. <sighs> Batman would go on to make $238 million at the box office against a $160 million production budget and a $125 million marketing budget. So, yeah, Warner Brothers went crazy. They named all the rides after their. They purchased Six Flags for God. Or they pu- purchased like a stake in Six Flags. Because at one point, Washington football team owner. Dan Snyder owned Six Flags, and Six Flags got... You would know. Yeah, it got way worse when he was in control of it, and now it's getting better, and probably because they're removing some of the the name. But yeah, it's just the marketing for this movie was stupid. Uh, I think everyone, most people on the production, particularly Joel Schumacher and Chris O'Donnell, both say that it was just too soon to put out another movie Bef- you know no one had any time to miss Batman after Batman Forever came out Uh, and then and especially considering the reaction to Batman Forever was kind of lukewarm anyways coming out with this movie as quickly as they did was just a terrible idea
2: <sighs> yeah they wouldn't come out with another movie for 8 years
0: yeah, uh, it has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 16% audience score. Uh, based on Daily's Warner Brothers approached Joel, Joel Schumacher to direct and produce the fifth Batman film, which coincidentally was set to feature the Scarecrow. But Schumacher turned it down, saying that he just did not have the passion or drive to direct a third film, and good on him for not just taking the paycheck, because I'm sure they threw just boatloads of fucking money at him to direct another one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, I, and I guess with the the trivia out of the way it's it's time for our feature presentation
2: we could try to get through this as quickly as possible so that it's not agonizing um, we could describe the opening scene as kind of similar to the, to the one with uh. uh uh, Two Face, where we begin like in media res, and it's just like Batman and Robin trying to foil Mister Freeze's whole like fucking like Raiders of the Lost Ark, idol, idol theft.
1: Can I just say, I had to watch this movie in bursts. <laughs> like I had, I had to continuously shut this movie off and just step away for a little bit of time, and before coming back to it. And I will tell you. I had to stop after the first spoken lines of dialogue in this movie because it completely sets the tone where we get where we have the suiting up montage and we have the reveal of the Batmobile and you just hear Robin pipe up, I want a car. I want a car and I'm just like, now I remember why no one like Chris O'Donnell as as Robin. Cause he wasn't he- as terrible as I remembered in Batman Forever, but wow he's bad in this
2: i i mean the thing about Batman forever is you could you could sort of like see him as like a a sort of he's an adolescent carney for crying out loud, yeah, he's impulsive and he and he acts up against like authority and people who wanna sort of like provide a home for him or or who may wanna support him like he 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 doesn't trust people he he follows the d t a philosophy
1: yeah and and you've also got an actor who is way too old for this role,
0: yeah. Again, this was another movie that my wife went into. Like, I loved this movie as a kid, and like that line hit, and she's like, "Oh, it's this kind of movie," and I don't think she paid attention much to it after that. Mm. It just so yeah. We 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 also get a brief flash of Alfred having heart palpitations or whatever because he
1: he no. is he is dying of plot.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The entire audience is dying of plot. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, we get we also get introduced to Mister Freeze. Um, uh, you know what? You know what? One advantage Arnold has over every other uh, villain in previous movies. No, he talks way too slow to play the exact same character as like the Riddler and Two Face and Joker and.
0: I guess that's an upside.
2: So he's not just a guy, like, jumping around giggling and, and saying things really quickly. Yeah. But the disadvantage of that is that you get to hear him say things like, Watch the numbers, Batman, for they are the harbingers of your doom. Uh, no, that's Can a- I just
0: say, how
1: fucked up is it that we're a movie franchise podcast, and the first Schwarzenegger movie we are talking about is Batman and fucking Robin?
0: I'm sorry. You don't
1: want to talk about Terminator? No. You don't want to talk about Predator? nah. No. You don't even want to talk about the fucking Expendables? No.
2: The Expendable, Eh, uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of the Expendables. Well, the second one is better. Than- I like like that one, okay. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. This was a horrible idea. <laughs>
2: yes, but they... we're stuck with it. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Mr. Freeze wants this idol, or he wants to steal some diamonds. He, wants, or some he shit. wants
1: a diamond because diamonds power his suit. Somehow,
2: they explain that it powers a suit, which is which is really like because they look like. I, I ice. remember,
1: I remember as a kid, even sitting in the theater, and l- like, wait, how?
0: Yeah, it makes that no sense. Science. as as a nerdy science kid, I was like Miss Frizzle would have a field day with this suit. How does it work?
1: And, And his plan is he wants to freeze Gotham to hold it for ransom so that they will pay him money so he can continue his research. And he's doing this by stealing diamonds which I assume are worth a lot of money. I feel like there's a step you can cut out here.
0: Yep. So, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, George Clooney shows up, lands on a dinosaur, It says, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. And just, just, he slides down the dinosaur's tail, and Robin bursts in on the red bird, and then... Oh,
1: something I noticed. When Robin bursts through the wall, he... He does it in the shape of the Robin symbol.
0: Yeah. It,
2: uh, Again, how... We, we we could talk about, like, how uninspired the production design in, is in this.
0: Yeah, it's... There was such stylistic flair and weird camera tilts and, you know, cinematography... Lighting. And lighting in Batman Forever. And in this movie, it's just flat. Like...
2: Yeah, it's either very flat or just like a lot of junk everywhere. Yeah. And as we'll see in the next scene,
0: all the colors are kind of like washed out and cool looking. It's 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 completely and utterly missing Joel Schumacher is a very very competent director with very specific stylistic flourishes and in this movie it just seems like he would it seems like he was just Kevin Smith. He just turned on the camera and told everybody yes. to act
2: like. That's a fun comparison. It
0: it it's so bizarre. If you know anything else of his work, that this is all just the just the previous movie and this movie look nothing alike, and it's bizarre.
1: I don't know. Like I, I could debate you on some. Aspects of that. Like, because when I was taking breaks in between watching this movie, I watched a few other Schumacher movies, both made before and after Batman and Robin. I can't really say that many of them are good from a directorial standpoint. In fact, the only one I'd say that I liked was The Lost Boys. Nah. And that's not really a. And that's not really. That wasn't really because of its directorial merits.
2: Fair, and- flat Flatliners is very good. Like Flat Flatliners has like really good like religious imagery and like um, Flatliners
0: was all right. We're not talking about fall- we're not talking about the quality of the movies. We're just talking about like the ways that they look, basically.
1: Yeah, but I I think the best example is his rendition of Phantom of the Opera. Ugh. He had the he had the fucking cinematographer from Gladiator, and he couldn't make that movie look good.
0: Yeah, well, well they, 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 I'm ga- glad that's not a franchise. Uh. <laughs> oh shit! It well, no, it's not a theatrical franchise. It's well, I'll leave that to Lindsay Ellis. She can talk about Phantom.
2: So, um, the thrust of the scene, I get like also some similarities to the to the uh, first scene in Batman Forever, is that they fly very high in in some kind of vessel, and the first one it was it was a helicopter, and this one freeze has a rocket ship and he basically tries to to bring him into the cold void of space
0: oh i just remember the part where my wife really checked out uh was when batman and robin uh click their heels and uh wish they could get go to a much better movie no it's when they click their heels and ice skates come out of their heels and that was the point of when my which my wife was like, yep, not watching, and she started playing Animal Crossing.
1: And I feel like this is the point where a lot of people start making comparisons to the 60s Batman. Let's talk about why the 60s Batman worked. It mostly worked off charm. Yeah. That was a charming series. Like, it's very silly, and it's very dated by today's standards, but my god, Adam West could just charm your pants off.
2: Yeah, he could. And and again, contrast this with George Clooney who's like looks bored and bemused throughout it.
1: Like if this movie had played up the camp aspect, I I feel like it would have been kind of a little at least a little bit more unique and had a little bit something more memorable. As it, there is a couple scenes later where they play up the camp element and it does work.
0: So anyways, they they fight and they fight and then freeze escapes. Rocket ship escapes with wings. He looks like Ivan Ooze when he's flying. Um, Batman, Robin, Sky Surf. Um, just like they do in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a movie. The movie, which...
2: <laughs> also kind of like <laughs> Escape from L.A.
0: And Robin says Cowabunga.
2: Which- yep. Uh, just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
0: and and they end up somehow falling don't they fall down some random chute and then they, they... they fall into like
1: uh, what, what was that like a nuclear reactor cooling tower
0: they're chasing Dr. Freeze and then Robin gets frozen and you're like oh good Robin is dead um, but then uh the worst bruce does the worst thing he's ever done worse than killing the joker worse than uh sitting and watching selena kill shrek uh worse than um him standing by and watching the penguin die worse than him killing uh the riddler and killing two-face he rescues robin and we're stuck with this movie for 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 even longer
2: Pamela Isley wants to crossbreed animals and plants.
0: <laughs> yeah, just j- just jump to the next. Part. Here's the, ce- okay,
1: so here's a scene that works because we have we have the scene where we're introduced to poison ivy, and she is plant lady. She is crossbreeding plants with like snake venom, but the evil Doctor Jason Woodruff is stealing her research to create a super soldier. And Jason Woodruff is the one character that works in this movie because he's the only person who seems to be aware of what movie he's in. Like I, I said, want, like again, so camp that it becomes fascinating. I am here for the camp. Yes, give me more of that. But no, we only get these two scenes with it.
2: Again, I, I think I think Uma Thurman does her best. Like she's she's as the bespectacled, like sheepish scientist. Who who secretly has a fire underneath her.
0: Yeah, Jason Woodrow said that he, he's pretty sure, like, those were some of the first scenes that were shot, and he said uh, he was pretty sure he got Uma at her best, and I would agree. I would also say this is the only part of the movie that has some stylistic flair, and... It's, it's it's like they filmed this part of the movie, and then they got the dailies back, and were like, oh no, it can't be this camp. And so they just turned it all the way down, and then just made a a, a, a boring, bad movie.
2: Yeah, I think that there's just a bunch of junk in this scene. Uh,
0: it's just... At least it's fun! Jason Woodrow is selling weapons. He create he creates Bane.
1: Th- that's yeah, ba- he- that's basically it. He creates Bane. Uh,
2: well, he's also the funny thing is like he he he's selling weapons to the United Nations. You can't really make that up, can you? It's- nope. Well, yeah, but here's
1: the thing. Apparently you can because someone did.
2: Yep. So Bane is is, is a Pokémon
1: uh, more or less uh I I, he, repe- I really...
2: he repeats things that people say. He repeats like the last two words that people say in a sentence.
1: Although I will say it's kind of weird because like when when we when he first like gets his injections, he's like an unstoppable rage monster, but then for the rest of the movie he just does whatever Poison Ivy says.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Played masterfully by by Jeep Swenson, aka the final. I mean the ultimate solution of wCW infamy <laughs> Those fucking idiots. Like who thought of that? was that dusty or was that Kevin Sullivan who who accidentally named him a Nazi thing or or maybe not accidentally? It was Hogan,
0: of course it was Hogan. You know what, brother? It'd be great if I could beat somebody called the final solution, brother, because, you know, brother, maybe then people
2: wouldn't realize that I was a racist dude. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh,
0: I know it's not good, but it's something. OK,
2: but yeah, Jeep Swen- Swenson, he does he does the best with what he's given and basically like uh, is forgettable for throughout the entire movie.
0: He's not given a lot, but he makes the most of his screen time. Back in the cave, some exposition happens. Um, back out of the cave, uh, uh, Pamela Isley becomes Ivy Poison Ivy.
2: Her blood is no aloe, Her skin is chlorophyll,
0: and in her
1: lips, pure poison. How does she know all and, this? And yeah, and yeah, like what? Well, like what you said. This is probably the best they were getting, so this is where Uma Thurman really works. And, of course, she works really good as this kind of seductress. Like, she's that's a, she's that, a, that's she's a good a fun role fatale. she's good.
2: Yeah. yeah, she's a fun fatale and like in, like, in, in a very sort of loose, like, very classic, out, anachronistic kind of sense. Mr. Freeze's base is a dilapidated ice cream factory.
1: Oh my god. Can we talk about Mr. Freeze's backstory? Why did they give him the backstory from the animated series? It does not fit with the tone of this movie.
0: Because of backstory. Right, yes. Because, I mean, one, because the backstory in the animated series is better, no one knows what fucking Freeze's backstory from the comics comic book is. And second, because after this movie, uh, Sub-Zero another Batman animated movie was coming out. And so they kind of killed two birds with one stone, I guess. Yeah,
1: but first of all, you're having Arnold Schwarzenegger play another scientist. Have you learned nothing from Junior? (laughs) (laughs) Second... You just had this big scene of him making puns while he's freezing security guards, potentially murdering them. And, and this is this fun, happy go lucky, but, oh, it's tragic. He has a dying wife. Yeah. But again, I, I, it's not as bad tonally as uh, the ending of Batman Returns, but again, what am I supposed to feel?
2: You're supposed to laugh at, at Arnold Schwarzenegger as as Victor Freeze in his previous happiness, like, eating wedding cake with his, with his, uh, with his wife. Big shit-eating grin on Arnold.
0: Arnold wouldn't take this movie unless he could make out with one babe. I mean, that's, that's basically what it is.
2: And, and eat some cake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's... He He's such a puppy dog. <laughs> like, a gigantic one, but, like, yeah. So, enter Alicia Silverstone, who, bless her heart, is, uh, She's a, she's a great actress. Clueless is a legendary flick.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, she was, again,
1: very out of her element here, though.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Entirely out of her and element. I,
1: the, the nicest thing I can say is she leaves very little impression in this movie. Like, yes. I kind of forget she's there most of the time because I don't care about her subplot and she just kind of drops in on the, at the ending of the movie. Yeah. <sighs> Why do they I, even I don't have her this in this character. movie? Uh, that is what I'm going to talk about now. The, the culmination... I talked about the culmination of Bruce Wayne's arc. And what they were going for was the creation of the Batman. The The, the entire three movies building up to this is Bruce Wayne pushing people away because he cannot reconcile uh, being himself and being Batman. And they wanted to kind of have a send off with that where he finally finds his new family which is which anyone who is familiar with batman will tell you that the bat family super important and that, and that that is where bruce wayne finds his true happiness and i can appreciate that that's what they were going for in this movie they just
0: completely fucked it up i don't i mean listening to the the writer of the movie it seems like it seems like they just want to uh, George Clooney basically said that in the original script that he was given, there was more stuff where Bruce was sad that his parents died, and Clooney basically said, look, this is a guy in his mid-30s who is wealthy as hell and has all these gadgets, and we're still going to have him crying over his mother So there is the version of the script in which Batman has essentially learned nothing. So the fact that there is even a hint of an arc is basically boiled down to George Clooney being like, dude, come the fuck on. We can't keep showing Martha's fucking pearls hit the pavement, which, you know, would be a sentiment that would live on and on and on and on and on forever as more and more directors do the same fucking thing over and over again.
2: Yeah. I wonder if we're going to see that from uh, Matt Reeves's new movie. I swear
0: to god, I will get up and walk the fuck out. Like I
2: we we get yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of uh as much exposition as we need as we introduce uh Barbara Wilson with with her parents having died in a car accident. She's been studying abroad. She's studying this this and this. She has like a fleet a sort of sweater that has like a sort of like like a motorcycle jacket stripe on it um you you get all you need to know about her, and then she kind of just exists in the movie for the rest of it.
0: I don't even know what this is supposed to I talked a lot and I talked really in depth about how great it was the the chemistry between Val Kilmer and Michael Go and Chris O'Donnell, and they did basically everything they could to dismantle that. I will say that Michael Go in this movie is still his normal, charming self, and you know, to 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 some degree, he makes you feel for for Alfred, you know, because. You don't want Alfred to die, but it's just, like, all this ancillary shit that doesn't matter. Like, they they introduce Barbara, and then immediately they give you a reason to be suspicious of Barbara. Like, they don't even take a fucking... They don't even take a moment to, to pretend that she's, like, a nice schoolgirl or something along those lines. They're just right away subtlety is dead and so it's this fucking
2: movie next scene i would guess is in the gotham observa- observatory
0: oh you right
1: we have to set up checkoff's fucking observatory
2: uh, right oh yeah that plays into the next scene we also have the whole thing i'm sure many people pointed this out over the years like com- uh, complaining about this movie but for some reason pamela isley or poison ivy needs a disguise despite no one knowing who she is or who poison ivy is
1: well, she does just introduce herself as Pamela Isley when she meets Bruce.
2: Yeah, right, right. And she, she's, like, all worried about, like, the, the emissions that it'll have on the env- environment. All the billionaires fucking laugh at her. <laughs> uh. I
0: mean, imagine global warming. Imagine thinking that we're killing the planet and we only have, like, 25 <laughs> years uh, to live you know, before everything is just basically dust. I mean, what kind of hell planet would be living on if, uh, if this, that was true? This
1: scene, did not, this scene did not age well.
0: So basically, um, Poison or, Ivy or is perhaps
1: right. It, or perhaps it aged too good.
0: Yeah, basically, Poison Ivy is right. Poison Ivy is right. Hashtag Poison Ivy was right. Also, Bruce Wayne has a new love of his life. Because... Some lady... I, I, I can't even remember if they say her name at any point. I don't believe... I'm pretty sure... They probably I'm do. I'm su- pretty sure fucking the Gossip Lady says it, but I don't... No one fucking cares. Who
1: cares? Who cares? Yes. She has one more scene after this.
2: Oh yeah, Gossip Gertie? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Clooney Clooney Batman is very smug, as per usual. <laughs> um, Is the next scene the where Poison Ivy reveals herself to the heroes and that kind of racist, uh, like, tribal art exhibit thing?
0: Yeah, it, Is it a it's, fundraiser? it's racist and misogynistic. It's, yes. it's a double whammy of rich, literal billionaires bidding on the opportunity to do something with these women. Uh, something of some sort with He's I mean if me. they're
2: get if they're getting paid. If they're getting paid if they're getting paid the, the prices that they're auctioning off or at least like a decent cut. And it was their decision I to not, be there. I did not then I understand support
1: them. I did not understand the scene one bit. Like what are they bidding on? What exactly is going to happen here? I thought this was like one of those Oh my god, I can't believe I'm bringing somebody if if anything, this reminded me of a fucking scene from Goddamn Caddyshack 2. <laughs> And
2: given how has that... has got some rough nipples. <laughs> and,
1: and given how that scene went, good God, that's giving me horrible thoughts.
0: It just doesn't make any... Nothing makes any sense. There's...
2: Chris O'Donnell does a pretty good kip-up. I know he does a pretty good kip-up in this scene because I wrote it down.
1: <laughs> so we have Poison Ivy show up. She seduces Batman and Robin. They try to bid on her. Batman has a bat credit card. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then Mr. Freeze shows up because... Good God, we got to move this thing along.
2: Honestly, the Bat Credit Card is almost like a callback to to the American Express uh, plug that they had. That's the
1: probably movie. that's probably what they were doing. But yeah, I, 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 it has been pointed out by a certain comic book reviewer on the internet that a Bat Credit Card makes perfect sense. So we will talk nothing more about this.
0: Yeah, Robin comes off even more like a whiny tool again this this is the part of the movie where it really becomes obvious that chris o'donnell is too fucking old to play this role like other parts of the movie it's fine but as soon as like a woman comes out he starts acting like an irrational teenager and this guy was in his fucking mid-20s at this point
2: yeah some people go go through two puberties but yeah, either way, the, the police make off with Mr. Freeze. I forgot exactly how it happens, but like he gets arrested.
0: Yada, 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 they fight and they fight and they fight. Poison Ivy tries to use her love dust on Mr. Freeze. Doesn't work because he's cold-blooded, I guess? Question mark? Um, They escape, uh, they drive down a statue, and Gotham City's architecture has now once and for all truly been completely fucked. It looks nothing like it has in literally any of the other movies, but whatever. Robin is like, I can make the jump, and Bruce is like, you can't make the jump, and Robin is like, I can make the jump, and then Bruce, um, for some reason, slams the brakes on the Redbird, which he doesn't think is gonna kill Robin, and send him careening off edge of the statue somehow and the much heavier batmobile somehow makes the jump to a roof he captures mr freeze
2: yep he's taken to backlash would you say arkham asylum was like another one of your your sort of well-designed sets distinctive sets
1: i don't i don't know it, it's not terrible. It's not something I'm going to bitch about because it's also not it's something not you're going to f- glow about. No, but it, it's it's fine for what it is.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy, fancy. Apparently, what Joel Schumacher wanted was for the other, uh, you know, he wanted for you know, Two Face and Riddler, um, and maybe some goons to be like peeking their heads out of um, the cells as Mr. Freeze is transported. I don't think he wanted Tommy Lee Jones and... Well, Tommy Lee Jones... Fucking 2 Faces dead. So... Um, but he wanted, like, the Riddler to make a uh, an appearance. But I don't think he wanted we, uh, Jim Carrey to come back. I just think he wanted the idea that, like, these criminals well, are watching them as he's willed Well, in. It, it,
1: in a later scene, we do see their costumes.
0: Yeah, but Do- but Two-Face is dead. Two-Face fell fucking 20 stories into jagged rocks and water and if the fall didn't kill him, then drowning would have.
2: Uma Thurman finds the the Jeff Hardys from uh, the previous movie. Yeah. And raids their shack. That's something that they retained from the previous movie. I bet Jeff Hardy loves this movie.
0: H <laughs> A R D Y why is this movie so hard to follow? <sighs> I don't I'm making references to other podcasts cuz I don't have shit to say about this movie.
2: Yeah. Well, well I mean, I I I did that first. <laughs> the the lack of inspiration was 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 me. I I mean, the scene is fairly pointless. I think it was just more opportunities for for Uma Thurman to Kind of camp act. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like so many of these scenes are just kind of utilitarian, and nothing j- like just move the plot forward just enough to get the, to the next scene.
2: Yes. Speaking of which, Dick Grayson finds out that Barbara Gordon is a speed freak.
1: Uh the subplot is dumb, and I hate it.
2: This is like a, a sort of like a shadow of the f- scene in the previous movie where where Dick runs off with the Batmobile
0: fucking barbara's like you don't realize that alfred is very sick and bruce is like uh no alfred's not sick he's just dying because apparently bruce didn't didn't think it was important to be like yo hey you know the first person who kind of showed you kindness and warmth even when i was a bit standoffish and the first person you kind of bonded with in this house yeah he's just gonna croak He's just gonna, he's just gonna fucking die. Um, sorry, I didn't tell you. I meant to, I meant to text it to you earlier, but I haven't given you one of the the cool uh, watches that I had in the other movie. So now you know. Every lesson that fucking Bruce learns in the last movie is a is a lesson he unlearned in this movie. Like he already learned that he ne- he already learned. That he can't do everything alone in the fucking other movie. He already learned that he needs to reach out and trust someone other than Alfred in Batman Forever. Why are we retreading this very well-trodden ground in this fucking movie? It's like teasing a tag team breakup that you never know, that you know is never actually going to happen because the tag team would be shit without one another. It's like when Bubba Ray and fucking Devon broke up. You know they're going to get back together. Fucking I guess maybe Bubba maybe Batman will have a good run like fucking 10 years from now. It's just fucking annoying.
1: Like I said, they were making an attempt, but they just fucked everything up. This movie has no good
0: parts. I'm I'm trying to grab a hold but I can't. Like there's I feel like I'm I'm fucking running a spot fest and I just want someone to do a, do a fucking rest hold. Please. Someone put me in chin lock. Ivy helps freeze escape and then
1: oh god that Ugh. Again, what am I supposed to feel? Because you have Mr. Freeze sitting alone in prison making a tiny little ice sculpture of his wife. Obviously, you want me to feel sorry for the ha-ha funny Freezy man. But I don't. You're failing, movie. You're failing.
0: Can we just watch Rise of Skywalker?
1: I guess they just kind of find Mr. Freeze's lair.
0: What happens is they break him out. Batman and Robin find an... Find it out that uh, Poison Ivy is helping Mister Freeze because apparently they didn't know they didn't know beforehand or whatever that Poison <laughs> Ivy was evil. And then they go to Mister Freeze's old hideout because apparently they knew where it was the whole time. Batman and Robin make a crude joke about uh, Poison Ivy. And they find...
2: Is the crude joke Adam and Evil?
0: No. But, I mean, Batman and Robin are talking about how they're completely over. poison Ivy. And then Batman goes... Yeah, she's got great buds, though. Yeah, and... and and ha 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 ha! Ha 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 ha! Ha ha ha!
2: What what is a stem in this case? I don't know. What's what's the figurative like cuz I I would figure but, buds would be like nipples.
1: So anyways, <laughs> it's at this point where Mr. Freeze returns because he has diamonds there and it, uh, I hate this scene because it it's there's just a big comedy switch, that's it's just from heat to freeze, and what they did was all the cops in the in the room start dying, and there's very obviously 80 yard of people going like, "Oh, my lungs are freezing!" Ah! It's like, oh, come on. That's another thing I caught as a kid, seeing this seeing this as a kid, just going, well, How?"
0: Also, Mrs. F- Mister Freeze's wife, Mrs. Freeze, is just. There, so poison ivy can try and yeah, kill she, her, because
1: yeah, she does that. Because uh, I don't know, I guess she is all about uh, Mister Freeze's popsicle.
2: What is what is popsicle in this case? Oh, oh you God. know what it is. Come no, I on! I'm, I'm, I'm just just trying to be. Anyway, yeah, an argument uh, that got men got some observatory <laughs> a new telescope. No, no, no. Well, they they
1: because they do the thing where. Uh, Poison Ivy is again trying to turn Batman and Robin against each other and it's dumb and I hate it. Yeah. That's just a, it's dumb and I hate it.
0: Bruce throws Batman into some some ice cream which is just there and apparently Bruce can't get Poison out, Ivy out of his mind and so generic woman number 4 that he is considering marrying um he she she's there and then promptly never comes back for the rest of the movie basically that's when ivy goes back and is like oh by the way batman and robin killed your wife and that sends mr freeze into a murderous rage even though he was already pretty murderous before cuz you know
2: no he was, he was a jolly murderer now now he's more of a jolly, jolly. <coughs>
1: Yeah, he went from joyful Arnold noises to pained Arnold noises. Yes. Then we get uh, the Robin signal, where Poison Ivy can hijack the Bat signal to display a Robin signal. And we get more arguing between Robin and Batman, and it's dumb and I hate it.
0: Batman is like, will you trust me? I'm like, this is the same thing that happened in Batman Forever. Why are we doing this again? Oh, and in the meantime, Alfred is dying, and in the meantime... that
1: Yes, yes, the plot has caught up with him. And,
0: in uh- the meantime, Barbara is busy guessing the easiest password known to man, because we we left the old man to create a password, and he created a password with the first three-letter word that he looked at.
1: Also, he fortunately read ahead in the script enough to know that she would want to help Batman and Robin, so he made her a bat suit.
2: Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a very prepared guy. Like he made a suit for Robin, knowing that they'd eventually come around.
1: Well, that was one thing in in Batman Forever. Like this is just like this goes beyond galaxy brain bullshit. Yeah,
2: it just goes into like by this point, like Alfred just wants to bring in people to to put him in superhero suits and put them in danger.
0: I mean, I imagine it takes a lot of time and effort to like to like make a suit and and work on it and he's probably I mean, he he's probably very proud of the work he does. I know I would be.
2: Yeah. Even though he does have that what's it what's the thing called like Vrolix syndrome or something?
0: It's McGregor syndrome. Yeah. M- McGregor, he has made-up disease number right. 29.
2: McGregor no, he, syndrome. Does that geez. does that make you like get drunk and like throw like chairs at tour buses and, <laughs> <laughs> and say racist things to black fighters and just in general be a be a dick? <sighs> uh, okay.
0: So
1: Robin has gone to Ivy's lair with the intention of pollinating her. And Ugh, stop it. No no more puns. I have to try. I have to try. It's the only thing keeping this episode interesting. No more
0: puns. I can't take it anymore.
1: And she as she tries to she tries to kiss him, but uh-oh, he was wearing rubber lips. Yeah. Cuz he she knew he, he knew somehow about her poison lips. I what, what when did they learn that? I don't think that was ever was it? it? Actually, was it? I think. I think. It w- I, think, it I was. think Batman
2: detected it. Yeah. Bat- no, I Batman know it was a bas- thing,
1: but did they learn that?
2: I don't know. All I, all I, the only thing I could imagine is that Batman said, "Listen, if you think she wants to put her stamina in your pistol."
1: <laughs> it's the Batman and Robin episode. I think we're legally required to punch. Go to
0: the next part.
1: So yeah, uh, it was a trap and Batman comes in and he is easily dispatched. Actually, Poison Ivy is kind of kicking their ass. Until Batgirl shows up and she beats Poison Ivy. Uh, It's a very awkward fight scene. It's not very good. I hate it.
2: She prunes her leaves.
0: (laughs) Uh, Why do you hurt me so? So yeah, Batgirl beats... Fucking Batgirl beats Poison Ivy because Poison Ivy gets kicked into the flower that she
2: came out Does it even say something like, I'm your calamine lotion?
0: It's almost like this movie could have written itself, and it didn't. And then Robin's like, we gotta get a better lock on the door. And he's like, you know, now that she knows who we are, we're going to have to kill her. And Batman's like, we'll kill her later. And the audience goes, "Ha, ha 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 ha. Ha ha And we don't really get to the point where literally everyone can just get into the Batcave.
1: Anyways, then we get another scene where they sell some more toys. Because Mr. Freeze is freezing the city. But don't worry, kids. We have ice vehicles. Available at your local retailer. $20 a piece.
2: <laughs> you think those toys were 20 They were at least 30
1: I don't know. It's 90
2: it's probably... T- I don't... C- How fuck. much can a banana be? $7?
0: I don't fuck. All I know is that I thought... I didn't even know what the... I know they had a snowmobile, and then I don't know what fucking Batman was driving, and I don't know. I don't what- know.
1: The only thing I noticed is this is this is kind of the scene that uh, told me that, hey, I think this movie was kind of stitched together because I noticed Batgirl was wearing a cowl in this scene.
0: Yeah, I mean, she takes off the cowl later because... Reasons? Reasons? No, she doesn't take it off, she's just not
1: wearing it, because I guess that was an early design for her costume that they decided to change.
0: Oh, she's got, like, an actual cowl, like, attached, like, everything's attached.
2: Yeah! Is it the climax yet?
0: Yes, it is. Mr. Freeze is freezing the city with the big
1: improbable telescope of plot, and our heroes now have ice costumes. Once again, available at your local retailers for whatever the fuck the price is, I don't They're care. not
0: even cool, That that's my only comment.
2: The freeze bombs that he used look kind of phallic.
1: (laughs) I don't really understand how he uses the telescope to freeze the city. I don't know how they use the telescope to unfreeze the city, and I really don't know how they use the telescope to unfreeze the city after they blow it up.
2: They basically do, like, a Resident Evil uh, 4 puzzle and, like, redirect the light beams.
1: It's all dumb, and it it really doesn't science.
0: Like, here's... I know people will say it's just a comic book movie why does the science matter but the science it's not that the the it's not that the science matters it's just that the things that happen in universe are have to make sense within that universe like i'm reminded that some people are like well in star wars things could never work that way cuz it's not physically possible and i'm like yeah but in the Star Wars universe, it is, and they don't make a big enough deal about it f- for you to be like, it doesn't work that way. I think this same thing kind of goes for something like Star Trek, which tries to adhere more to, like, real-world physics, but ultimately, like, a warp drive would never work the way it does. But it doesn't fucking matter, because it works in-universe.
1: Here, here's Here's a lesson in suspension of disbelief suspension of disbelief will allow me to say that this man spent years upon years to become the world's greatest detective and master every martial art known to man that uh, suspension of disbelief will let me believe that but when you start saying like oh you can pull sunlight from the other side of the planet with mirrors and put it through a telescope that is saying no in my brain i don't care how fast I don't care how dumb this movie is. This is supposed to be somewhat grounded.
0: Yeah, that's not even camp. It's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense.
1: The actual cartoon of Batman is more grounded than this. It it was trying to have it both ways. It's trying to be grounded and down to earth, but also wants bat shark repellent. Uh,
0: I would kill for some some bat -bat shark repellent. Like, in that scene with Bane where they... Fucking Bane, they don't kill Bane, but they basically kill Bane. They at least cripple him. Like if, if no, they like turn him back into like
1: the uh, fucking wimpy guy. Uh, I yeah,
0: but if, if if Robin had just whipped out like a bottle that said Bane repellent spray, then I would forgive everything in this. Movie. That would have been appreciated. Yeah, I would have been like, yeah, okay, movie, okay. <laughs> You got me, movie. You got me.
1: Actually, you know what? You know what? That actually kind of worked. That, that if you wanted to play... It, I just wrote a better ending to this, to this movie. At least part of a better ending. Why not use some of Pamela Isley's research to neutralize her venom? That would have been a clever thing to do.
0: That would have been a clever thing to do. <sighs> but, alas, what we have instead is this climax where I guess we decide we're going to we're gonna redeem.
1: It's George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger punching each other for for like five minutes, and then he falls over, and then the thing blows up, and then uh, reality breaks, and then he just like tries to appeal to him, and uh, I, I guess like he's just like, oh, why, why not? I, I, I think it I think I guess kind of helped that they reveal that his wife isn't actually dead, even though we didn't see her get revived. No. We didn't see her get plugged back in after Poison Ivy unplugged the tank. Uh, it's kind of breaking the rule of show don't tell.
0: Uh, like this movie even gives a shit. Like this movie, this movie cares not about things like show don't tell and. Plot making sense and satisfying conclusions to stories, or whatever it just this movie,
2: it just goes,
0: yeah, it just goes. Uh, and so, our movie ends with fucking
1: well, uh, no, here's how the movie ends Alfred is fine. Well,
0: first, be- so before, good, that, good before that, before that, there's a continuity error because when they go back and they give Alfred his medicine or whatever. Bruce is it's weird like Bruce looks like he's in the Batman forever bat suit that was at the end of the movie. Dick is back in the regular red and blue Nightwing outfit and Barbara just isn't in her bat suit at all. So it it seems it feels like the suits <sighs> weren't actually made at that like point. I, yeah. Yeah, like I said, this movie was
1: kind of stitched together
0: in a bit of a mess. Yeah. So, it it was just like a fine, I and I've been noticed like I've been noticing that plot hole since I was very little. Like, wait a minute, they're they're back in their old suits. That doesn't make any sense. Like we, but I want to talk about the last time
1: we see Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze because we see Poison Ivy. She's in jail, and it's like, oh, you've got a new roommate. And they just stick Mr. Freeze with his freeze suit in with her. And not only is that kind of a horrifying implication, it's the one time Mr. Freeze looks kind of intimidating.
0: And menacing.
1: But right before he's about to beat the ever-loving shit out of this poor defenseless woman. We cut. Because you know that a murder preceded that scene. And we get the last running shot. Just a parallel Batman Forever.
0: Still a cool shot. Whatever. Not as cool as the Batman Forever one, though. I know, but I
1: don't no. care.
2: Yeah. And it's fine.
0: This movie has no memorable music, so again, we didn't even get Kiss from a Rose. We did even get something like Kiss from a Rose to come from this movie.
2: No, we got R. Kelly.
0: Oh god damn it. We did get R. Kelly, didn't we?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: There is nothing good about this movie. What are our final thoughts about this shit? My final thought is fuck this movie.
2: My final thought is that like I wish that this were like at all more interesting. I wish that like George Clooney had been hammy. Cuz if you look at him in like a movie like Intolerable Cruelty, he ser- he he's not just subtle, he's not just sort of like He can play a ham. Kind of, like, he could be like macho energy yeah he he
0: he can he can play a clown like that is within him it's just not within him in this movie presumably because joel schumacher didn't really want to pull that out of him and he wasn't on set enough for that to develop when you're working when sev- i imagine when you're working seven days a week it's got to be hard to bring nuance to two It's got to be hard to bring nuance and something different to two separate characters, right? Right. Like, he's basically just... I don't know his character from ER, but I'm guessing it's not too different from the way he plays Bruce. And I can't even, like, blame him for that, because,
2: like... I would assume that there's a bit more drama involved, considering, like, he's a... a Like, I, I think he just, like... Spent most of his energy reserves in one thing, like you were suggesting.
0: Yeah. Backlash, had. how about you?
2: As we
1: reach the end, all I can think about is the future, as we look forward to Batman v Superman. And I'm going to a- and I ask myself now, I've seen Batman v Superman exactly once, in theaters, and it was terrible. Sitting here, having watched Batman and Robin, and having talked about it, I ask myself, is this worse? And I feel like I can't properly answer that question.
2: I think Batman versus Superman is more fascinating. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot more to, to sort of, like, bafflingly question in it. It's a lot more pretentious, so it's easier to make fun of. And it's
0: got all these weird libertarian overtones, too, so it's more interesting to pull apart and critique on the, from a cultural and political standpoint this movie there's there's, oh, there's I, nothing to, there's nothing to talk about we we talked about the movie yes, and, and yeah there's just nothing to talk about
1: yeah and, and then and i then i guess i will say right now that yeah this is the worst movie but cut to the future where we're talking about batman v superman and i mean but i i I feel like one of us is going to look back and say, remember Batman and Robin. but No, because... I can't, I can't look back on this fondly. I can't say...
0: Because there are aspects of... Th- I can say now there are aspects of Batman v. Superman that I like. I think Zack Snyder making a Batman movie would be so much better than him making a Superman movie. Like, so much better. And I could say that outright, that I like the Batman... The scenes where Batman is just doing Batman shit in that movie are are good scenes. I can't say anything yes. good about Batman and Robin. It's I tried, but I don't even, I don't like I don't even have fond childhood memories it's of this just, movie.
2: Like yeah, me neither. I I said before that I completely forgot it. Like this is on the same tier as like Episode Two. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like shit just happens and like and things are just like unengaging and and like while you might remember them, there's nothing like really there's nothing that'll that'll that you'll remember fondly or you'll remember with any specific emotion. Uh, there's a very very weak attempt at camp, if there's any attempt at all, because like, I don't know, like the I, mm.
1: I I'd say there's a weak attempt at pathos, but uh. Episode 2 didn't annoy me. Episode 2 evoked no emotion in me. Like, this movie aggravated me. hmm <sighs>
0: Yeah, it's just... Like, uh, I was going to ask us if we wanted to rank the movies, but I kind of feel like...
2: No. It's redundant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think that the, the movies were released and, in degrading quality. Yeah. Say what you want about like, a- a- Batman except- Forever, except the I- uh,
1: difference between uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin is a fucking chasm.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a chasm. One could say that Batman Returns has some like tonal issues, as as you've said. Oh, backlash. as I did, yeah. Yes, yes, but but I still think that overall it's a more interestingly made movie than than Batman Forever. Like, and it's and it and it proceeds like with a with like overall less fluff. Like I feel like it, it I feel like it, the characters are a bit better defined and and less sort of like caricatured. But in Batman Forever, they're caricatured in an appealing way.
0: I will go on record as saying that that Batman Forever is my jam, and I and I love that movie, faults and all. I I I feel like Batman and Robin is never gonna undergo like the cultural reevaluation that Batman forever has gone. Like no one's like released the Schumacher cut of Batman and Robin. Cause Schumacher was very open about the fact that like this one, this was a studio movie. Like he, he takes, he's like, I'm the one who piloted the ship. And I said, signed off to the, the directions, but he's not shy about the fact that this is what Warner brothers wanted. Not necessarily the movie that he wanted to make. Like there, I've seen a couple clickbaity articles about how Batman and Robin is actually good, but they're just that—they're just fucking clickbait. They don't make any—they don't make any coherent argument about you know the merits of the the film or anything. It's just just to get some clicks and to get people fucking riled up and angry about it. So
2: movies like that i mean i i can i can appreciate someone like having either nostalgia for it misplaced as it may be like i won't question anyone cuz this i again like i lean more on the side of like this movie is bad because it's it's bad because it's mediocre like it's not as, it's not sort of made in an interesting way it's not visually interesting The only interest in it is that, like, again, I I was amused by Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's because that's Arnold, and I was amused by George Clooney because, like, he just didn't appear to be trying whatsoever. Likely because he didn't get the the right direction, but whatever. I don't even know what the fuck my point is.
0: And on that bombshell, so, I've been trying to figure out what we should do next. So, I'm just gonna ask you guys on the podcast... Right here and right now. Should we do a long boy, which be the Rocky franchise, be which would be the first Rocky movie all the way up to Creed 2? Or should we do something... Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> or should we do a, a short boy, uh, something more along the lines of Men in Black? I am
1: actually also going to vote for Men in Black because um, I don't like as, as bad as Men in Black Two is. It's not going to aggravate me as much as uh, <laughs> uh, Batman <laughs> and Robin. Uh,
2: oh. Yeah, Men in Black like, Rocky is like awful.
1: Rocky is going to be something I'd need to kind of mentally prepare for.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. That's what I. That's what I figured. I just wanted to to, to ask just to see. But yeah, we were supposed to do Men in Black all the way back in the summer. And then I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And then we did this and a whole bunch of life stuff happened. And, and now we're here and I regret my decisions. But now we get to watch Men in Black, which is awesome. <sighs> so on that note, I'm Casey.
2: I'm Batman. Ugh. I'm no Chris alive. Fuck your life. Bing bong.
0: We'll see you next time on Sequelizing. It'll be ba- it'll be more fun next time. I'm, I, I promise. Will Smith is coming. We'll talk about Will Smith. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, that uh. that movie it's so much worse than than than.
1: The, uh, <laughs> <I think. laughs>
0: tonight on the horizon bright light into sight tight camera zoom on your impending doom but then like boom black suits fill the room up with the quickness talk with the witnesses hypnotize up normalize up. vivid memories turn to
1: fantasy